Gracious God, we thank you for this good opportunity. We ask that you would help us to see the opportunities before us this week and to do something good with them. In your name we pray. Amen. So last winter, my, my daughter and I had to go over to University Town Center to return some clothes that didn't fit her. And, and I, know, I know that here in Bradenton, we complain about traffic all the time, but let's give it the benefit of the doubt. Best case scenario, you're looking at a half hour to, to get over there. So, so we get there, we make the drive, we get to the store, we stand in line, we wait to return the clothes, finally get to the front of the line, and the clerk says to me, he's like, oh, yeah, I can't, can't return these for you today. You'll have to come back some other time. And I said, well, what, what do you mean you can't return them today? Like, like how, how is some other time going to be different? He's like, yeah, well, see, the computer isn't doing returns today, only sales. So we can't, we can't process any, any returns. And I said, well, okay, I, I get that. I get that the computer can't do it, but I'm asking if you can do it. Could, could you return the clothes? And, and he's like, yeah, see, no, that's not how it works. You have to go by what the computer screen says. And, and I said, okay, but I have the receipt right here. You don't have to go look it up. I got the receipt right here. He's like, yeah, no, no. It's all about what's on this computer screen. And I said, okay, so... Uh, when do you think I should come back? And he's like, yeah, well, that's the thing, right? So the computer's been going in and out for six days, so I would suggest, suggest, just suggest to you that, you know, you just keep showing up until, <laughs> until we get this. Now, I'm going to stop the conversation there because nobody in the church needs to hear your pastor say bad words. So, um, but the basic conclusion of this conversation was, without the permission of the computer, and a step-by-step -step protocol and procedure, there was no one at this store who could think outside of the box in any way that was going to be helpful to me. So they lost the customer in me because they were so absolutely rigid in, in their thinking. And that's something that can happen to any organization, to, to restaurants, amusement parks, golf courses, schools, and, and even churches. Anywhere that you have a place where policy and protocol take priority over people no matter the circumstances. Because anywhere that you have a place where there's policy and protocol that take priority over people no matter the circumstances means that in these situations, law will always, always, always trump grace. No exceptions. Now, I'm not saying that there's not policies and procedures that, that need to be adhered to without exception because someone's very life might be on the line. For example, when we go to the Manatee County Fair, right, at, next to each ride, you have to be a certain height to be able to ride. And so let's say that the certain height is 48 inches, but you are only 40 inches tall. It's not a safe thing. It's not a good thing for your life for someone to bend the policy so that you can get on this ride and take your chances. Likewise, did you know that it's a policy that you should not, you should not light up your cigarette right next to the gas pump? There's good reason for these policies. But there's other times when it's really worth our effort to consider if these are hills that we want to die on and these are relationships that we want to lose. So just this week, we had two mornings in a row 
where our staff arrived to the church to find unexpected visitors camping out on the property. The first morning, they were quite literally camping out. They had parked a beat-up RV right in front of the office and had gotten so brazen as to run electrical lines from the church into their RV. And that's when we made our first call to the Manatee County Sheriff's Office this week. And it was a good thing that we did because when they got here, they discovered that these were people who had several warrants out in several states and were very, very dangerous. So ultimately, the Sheriff's Office trespassed this group. The very next morning, we get to church and we find a gentleman completely passed out right here at the entrance to the well. He was sleeping off a hangover from the night before. It was only after we tried to wake him and could not get him to wake up that once again we called the sheriff's office, not because we were concerned about our safety, but because we were concerned about his. Well, when the sheriff's office arrived, they were finally able to wake him up. And he was not belligerent. In fact, he was very embarrassed. And he explained that he had spent the night before at Clancy's and he had had a little bit too much to drink and he could not remember how to get to his home. So he quickly gathered all of his things and then asked the officer to express his gratitude that we were not going to press trespassing charges on him. Now, technically, letter of the law, they were all trespassing. Technically, letter of the law, we could have issued citations on all of them. But if you always, always, always choose law over grace, when you always choose policy over people, you stand to lose relationships. Now, I understand that there are some of you that would say, but you can't just throw out law and order, Pastor Hope. We have policies, procedures, protocols for a reason. Everybody can't just do what they want whenever they want. And I agree with that to a point. Jesus shows us that we can honor both sides. Now, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And right away, I want you to notice, Jesus is doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing exactly at the right time. He's teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. So this is off to a great start. It's going exactly the way it's supposed to. And then there was a woman that appeared with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and quite unable to stand up straight. Can you imagine what it would be like to be bent over for 18 years? To have an obstructed view of the world for almost two decades? To have every part of your daily life afflicted with pain and distortion for years and years? The scripture says that she appeared. It doesn't say that she approached Jesus. In Jesus' day, those with any kind of afflictions were not likely to approach those in authority. They just suffered in silence or even outside of the walls of the synagogue so that, so that they wouldn't disturb the normal people. But Jesus saw her. That's what the scripture says, that Jesus saw her. And when Jesus saw her, he called her over to him and said, woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. 
What an extraordinary moment for this woman. She could stand up straight for the first time in 18 years. And you know what that means? That means that for the first time, she could directly look into the face of Jesus. For the first time in a very long time, she had an unobstructed view of the face of God. So in a matter of moments, completely unexpected and unanticipated, this woman has a profound experience of grace. Imagine what that must have been like for her to be released from her suffering, just, just to be seen and, and acknowledged. You would think, you would think that this would be a moment of pure joy and celebration for everyone who is witnessing this right before their eyes. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured and not on the Sabbath. Are you serious? Are you serious? Here is this woman who has just been healed of an affliction that she has had longer than most every child in this church has been alive. And the leader of the synagogue is indignant because Jesus did this on the Sabbath day. Can you picture this guy? Picture this guy. Well, that's just not how we do it here. You want a healer? Fine. You do that on your own time, but we have laws in this place. We have policies. We have procedures. And you just come in here and you just throw that all away for this reprobate? Friends, take a close look at what Jesus did here. He healed a woman. He did not leave the synagogue to put in a few more hours at his nine-to-five job. He wasn't getting ready to throw a raging keg party. He wasn't even sliding worship a little bit early to go make family dinner. Instead, he saw someone who was in great pain. And there was something that he could do in that moment to alleviate her suffering, and so he did it. And it just happened that he did it on the Sabbath. Shame on him. Why couldn't he just let her suffer a little longer until her need fell in line with the law? Grace is rarely convenient to the law. That's why it's called grace. So the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, do not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox and his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water. And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has bound for 18 long years, be set free on the bondage, from this bondage on the Sabbath day? Do you see what happened here? The leaders of the synagogue threw the law at Jesus. And Jesus took that exact same law and he shined it right back on them, exposing that all of us are happy to manipulate policies and procedures and law when it suits our purposes. But we will leverage, we will use it to leverage our righteousness over others when it doesn't. See, the law is easy, but grace, grace is hard stuff. Because the law, because policies, because procedures, they don't really require you to think a whole lot. Somebody else has already done the thinking for you. You have to stop at a red light because it's the law. And you don't really have to think about that at all. You don't have to ask yourself, well, should I stop at this red light? What about that red light? 
What about the red light across town? Should I stop at this? You don't even have to think about that because the law is easy. Grace is hard. So for a minute here, not that I have any authority to do this, but I'm going to deputize you all as police officers. And, and I want you to think about what you're going to do right now. You're a police officer, and you have just pulled over one of these offenders who has run a red light. And you get out of the car, you, you march up there, you're ready to go, license and registration, and you look in, and you see a terrified young dad-to-be with his wife who is clearly in labor. Now, this baby is coming whether you like it or not. But the law. The law says you have to stop. And the law is the law is the law. And he, he just blatantly chose to ignore the law, and he ran a red light. Who does he think he is? Now, as the police officer, what are you going to do in that moment? you got to think about this. This is not cut and dry. It's not black and white as the law is written. Nobody's hurt. There's about to be a baby any second now, and you've got a split second to make a call on what to do. What are you going to do? You've got an opportunity at one of the seminal moments of a person's life to show them the face of Christ. What are you going to do? And see, that's what the heart of ministry is all about. What are you going to do to show others the face of Christ? Now, I'm going to confess my sins to you this morning. I spent this last Friday volunteering for picture day at my children's school. My kids go to a school with a very strict dress code policy. We have policies about color, length, style, etc. And before the kids started coming in for their pictures, all the volunteers got this lecture about pulling kids out of the line who had violated the dress code, they would not be getting their picture taken that day. Well, right smack in the middle of the day, in walks this little girl, maybe first or second grade. And she is right there in the front of the line. She is the line leader for the week. And she is just standing there with a code red five alarm dress code violation. And I'm telling you, friends, this, this was serious. This, this is big time stuff because let me tell you what this little girl did that was just such a travesty. Instead of wearing a navy blue jumper with a patch on it, she had the audacity to come to school that day with a navy blue short-sleeved dress with a patch on it. I know, right? You're like, oh, two inches of fabric. That's what we're talking about. Two inches of fabric on both sides of her arms. And this little girl, she looked beautiful, and she was so excited to have her picture taken. And she's six or seven years old. And how many six or seven-year-olds do you know who have the ability to read the school dress code policy and then go out and purchase the appropriate clothing to go with it? So what do you do? What do you do in that moment? There's a policy. It's published. It's enforced. It's serious stuff, but she is seven years old. And there is nothing about what she is wearing 
that is distracting or harmful or so utterly shameful that she needs to be pulled out of the line in front of all of her friends and told that she is not having her picture taken because she broke school policy. Now, I don't know what you would have done in that moment, but in that split second, I chose grace. And instead of pulling her from the line, I got down on my knees, I straightened her collar, and I said to her, did you bring your awesome today? I said, go, get right up there, and you just share that with the world. And she smiled, and she did. And my friends, you are not going to believe this. The world did not come to an end. (laughs) It did not. Now, I know that on this side of the room, there's at least seven people that could call Dr. Fradley on Monday morning and say, let me tell you what Pastor Hope did. And if you do that, shame on you. Shame on you. Because see, that's what happens. When you choose policies over people without any thought as to what you're doing, you can hurt somebody. And you can break a relationship. So when you have the choice to show the face of Christ to someone, especially, especially if it's going to alleviate suffering, if it's going to lift them up, if it's going to give them a chance, then do it. Just do it. But to follow policies and procedures blindly without critically thinking for ourselves and considering specific individual circumstances is to blatantly make the choice to choose policies over people. And that may be the way of the world, but it is certainly not the way of Christ. When he said all this, all of his opponents were put to shame. And the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. Let's pray together. Lord God, we, we confess that, that there are times when we look at a policy, we look at a law, and, and it works for us. It works for us, and so, so we want to make sure that we apply it to others without regard for who they are and what they're going through going through. And so we know, we know that the law is easy because it's just the way that it is. And we know that grace is hard because grace requires us to think it through, to really, really decide if we're going to lift somebody up, if we're going to be the face of Christ to them in in unique circumstances. And what I pray, Lord, is, is that everyone, everyone would consider that it may not be the way of the world, but it is the way of Christ, and that grace is always a good choice. In your name we pray. Amen.